All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. We covered that chaotic scene earlier this week. The man who jumped to action to protect a child who was being aggressively accosted by a grown white male, none other than pastor and councilman Brian E. Hawkins. We also covered when the discussion was about critical race theory. And a white female told him, basically, go back to where you came from. Okay, once again, a racial trope, as if somehow America belongs to one person. Let's get into it. Pastor, Councilman, good day, welcome. Uh, welcome, and uh, thank you, Dr. Richard, for having me on. We appreciate you being here. Uh, very thankful for your leadership. Uh, for those who would like to look up some background, this brother has overcome significant obstacles in his life, just like many of us have. Uh, and he is a highly respected and regarded member and leader of the community. There's this, uh, there's this situation where a, a young black girl or young child uh, is being yelled at basically. So what came over you, dear brother? Why did you jump to action like that? And what did you think was going to happen? So, um... You know, I want to start off first, you know, the, the speech that was given uh, prior to this uh, by a good friend of mine, Dion Hairston. I, I want to recognize him because the speech that he gave was very powerful. Uh, the end quote was uh, a, a reference from Frederick Douglass. And I think that that's a really important part um, because he was sharing about, you know, critical race theory and the, the reality of it. And this is the brother right here in the video. Um, and when he was walking back to his seat, you know, a lady in the back who's identified, her name is Melinda Imeg. Uh, I think people need to understand and know who these people are in the community. Mm -hmm. So comfortable to yell out this uh, language uh, to get out of our country. Um, at that moment, I was standing in the back. Um, many people asked me to speak during the event. I chose not to. I wanted to just observe and see what was going on with the entire crowd. There was a lot of tension already from the beginning from the national anthem when many of the youth took a knee in the back. You know, so there was so many different things that was happening. And at that moment, when the police started to escort uh, Dion out of the uh, auditorium, uh, the crowd started to yell to get the, get the woman because apparently they mm -hmm. were more concerned with removing him than the initial person who sparked this whole outrage. And at that moment, I looked to my left and all I saw was a tall man white, we could put a you know color to it for understanding purpose, standing over this small child. Now the young lady, she's about 4'11", maybe five feet at best. This gentleman is actually taller than myself and I'm 6'2", standing over her. And at that moment, I immediately rushed over to grab and pull her back to remind this man that this is a child here in this place. And so there was nothing going through my mind other than there was a child here, a young black female, and I wanted to make sure that she knew she wasn't by herself. You know, it was a beautiful scene 
dear brother, to see that. And obviously the young uh, leader will remember how the community contextualized through your actions stood up for her in her moment of need. Let's go back to the origin of this. The debate or the argument was about critical race theory. And the board voted to somehow eliminate the teaching of critical race theory or to ban it. It's not even taught in K through 12 education. Uh, and that was the point of your friend. Your friend was saying, listen, first of all, why the hell are we here? Not even taught, right? This whole thing is ridiculous. And in his expression, uh, there's a person who shouted, basically, go back to your country or whatever. And that's when it seemed as if the councilman or the person who was convening the meeting wanted him removed. Uh, and that's when the crowd said, well, wait a minute. He's not the person out of line here. So the crowd had to literally redirect the energy back to where it needed to be. While this is happening, dear brother, you're outside. You're seeing this other thing taking place as well, starting to happen too. Why is this such a hot button issue? And, and I submitted in this context, Councilman, it's a nothing burger. It doesn't even exist. So you give us some insight as to why in the hell are people so damn passionate about something that is fictional? So it goes back to the part in the speech that my friend Dion referenced to uh, Ruby Bridges. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's not Ruby Bridges that's stopping this from being taught. It's the grandparents yes. that their children would see these videos and these images and ask, you know, where were you at during the time of Ruby Bridges? And this is where some of the shame and the guilt is coming from. There were other elected officials uh, that was asking that the young lady not be removed. I'm talking about the lady who yelled this language out. Um, and they need to be, you know, you know, put out there. You know, Jessica Alexander from Temecula uh, City Council, uh, Kenneth Perdue from uh, Marietta Unified School District. This is becoming, it's kind of like they're creating this blueprint to take over the schools and push this narrative. Uh, I watched a documentary, Eyes on the Prize, and I heard some mm -hmm. of the same language. Don't bring this communism into our school when they were segregating. Well, what were they talking about? They were talking about bringing black. So this whole language of critical race theory said, hey, don't bring this you know, language, don't bring these blacks into our schools. This is what's starting to happen. And it's not everyone in the city of Temecula. This is an organization that is pushing this. The gentleman who was in front of the young lady, uh, you know, I come to understand, and it was interesting because I was watching your early interview about the guy who was urinating uh, mm -hmm. in the um, water um, dispensary at the, the water district. Well, this guy who's identified as Troy Childs worked for the um, Metropolitan Water District of the Southern California. He works in the water district. So now I'm really concerned. I've gotten tons of calls from people who work with him that's talking about he's a bigot at work mm. and he races at work. So this is not just someone who just decided to have this moment. I'm hearing that this is his character away from this moment. If you wow. go back and watch the beginning of the film, he literally jumps up and start yelling at the children before he goes back there. Um, and so, you know, people say, hey, why are you putting this guy out there? You know, the young lady stepped in front of him. She was protecting her friend. He was yelling at her friend. She's more of the hero in this story mm. than anything. I, I just happen to be there. The young lady who stood in front of this gentleman is the real hero. Dion Harrison, who made that speech, those are the real heroes, the parents who are fighting. You know, uh, there's a young lady named Genesis. She's been attacked so much 
uh, because she's been standing up against critical race theory. These are kids are in school. These aren't adults. These are children taking on real issues that I want to make sure, as we say in Breonna Taylor, to say their name. That's right. Uh, the people of San Jacinto are lucky to have you as a representative for them. What I would like to ask you now is this, because you hit nail on the head. It's a blueprint, dear brother. It is a blueprint. And that blueprint is to tell the future problem solvers of America that there is no problem to solve. And that is why they are attempting to eradicate fact and truth in educational standards. What do you see is our obligation as members of the community, leaders, forward-thinking individuals, we see what's happening, what should we do? This is a time to really get involved. You know, sitting back, being silent, being quiet, those days is over. Um, we've watched the documentaries. We saw Bloody Sunday. We saw Edmund Pettus. Yep. This is this is our 65. This is, you know, what we always constantly say, if we're not learning from history, we're doomed to repeating it. We know that history has been inaccurate the way we've been taught. And so now what these children are asking for is teach accurate history so we can learn from it. And I'm calling for those, you know, regardless of your race, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of, you know, your background, this is a moment of action. Um, you know, run for office, get involved. Don't just sit back, you know, make sure you allow your voice. As I like to say in Horton, here's a who, let them know that we are here. And this is a call, you know, this blank piece of paper, this resolution that literally does nothing has cost the city of Tobacco, the school, over $80,000. Wow. $80,000. We're not even, you know, think about that. For a document that can't do anything to stop a teaching that's not happening, people protesting against a speech of a famous, you know, leader, Frederick Douglass, and to argue that racism doesn't exist while you're hearing a woman yell these language, get out of our country. Like, what country do we have to go through? Where are we supposed to go? That's what that reminds me of, you know. And so, you know, this is really a call of action. And I'm glad that I'm on here uh, to share this message. And and hopefully it doesn't die down because of the 2024 election. This is just this is just a foreshadow of yep. what's the things to come. That's right. Uh, I'm glad that you are on the front lines fighting, dear brother. You have an open opportunity to come here anytime. We appreciate your leadership. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you.